0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Blog Talk Radio. Lucis
0: Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization, on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations
1: Welcome to Inner Sight. Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have within you the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with Inner Sight. William James came up with an interesting thought about success. Our theme for today is, What is Success?, and he says, "The moral flabbiness born of the exclusive worship of the goddess success—that, with the squalid cash interpretation put on the word success—is our national disease." I didn't know we had a national disease. <laughs> <laughs> what type <laughs> of success was William James? What was he talking about? Those are pretty strong words, aren't
0: they? Yes, but. They are. uh, I think he's right. Um, when he speaks of a national disease, what I think he was referring to, which is still prevalent, is the craving for for material, uh, all the material trappings of what is so-called a, a successful life. We all live on the material plane, and we need shelter, nourishment, clothing, we need work, we need a certain amount of money, uh, but... The kind of craving that he was speaking about is the desire for the bigger and bigger home, not because you need it, but because it impresses others. Mm-hmm. And the fancy car, and not just one car, but maybe two or three cars. And not just any car, but the most expensive, most um, sought-after car that your friends and neighbors uh might aspire to, and there's the craving for status uh, in terms of worldly achievement, not because you've done something really great for the world, but because it brings recognition and maybe even fame, and uh, the capacity to influence people in, in terms of wielding personal power. I think those are all the things he's referring to.
1: Yes, it's
2: uh, become such a state though now, it's it's produced what you might call the glamour of success. Uh, success has become such a glamorous, uh, illusionary uh, force that um, we get so caught up in it. We don't really see what's what's really happening, I don't think, because um, that, that seems to be the only standard by which people um, judge the, the world, and judge their lives now. So,
0: it's, it's interesting uh, in terms of the spiritual path, which is always um, the point of reference that we bring to these programs uh, on Inner Sight, that success in terms of the world can be actually the exact opposite of uh, spiritual success mm-hmm. or spiritual growth. Um, And this is a factor that a lot of people who want to awaken spiritually, want to develop a sense of uh, spiritual values in their life, have to confront sooner or later that success in terms of ordinary worldly uh, standards may be the exact opposite of where their spiritual growth would take them. And by that I mean that... um, A lot of the trappings of success that William James was touching upon and that we've mentioned are things that foster the separated self, the personality, that foster the ego, and uh, that lead to, as Buddha would say, the craving, the desire for material, impermanent things, money, money. Uh, Fame, possessions, all of the stuff that you can't take with you when you leave uh, this mortal plane. And um, the spiritual life requires that you, you face this discordance in your aspirations. You can't have it all. You can't crave the bigger and better SUV and the fame and the... Uh, money and the material trappings, and at the same time crave or desire or aspire to a spiritual uh, consciousness. At least that's how I view it.
2: Yeah, I think it seems to be a stage that uh, we all have to go through. Uh, unfortunately, maybe fortunately, I don't know. It's it's there are many lessons that uh, people are learning all the time about. Uh, Success. They, once they think they've achieved success, then they find that it's kind of empty, uh, or it's it doesn't uh, bring them what they thought that it was going to.
0: And the only way you can learn that is through experiencing it. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and um, that's why I said you have. We have to go through this experience, and uh, I think we're getting it up to the hilt here in this society because it seems to be our. Dharma or our karma, whatever, to uh, live through this uh, and to uh, either come out on the other side, a, a destroyed person, or else a very wise person. So, yeah, it's, it's something we have to work through.
1: And do you think that uh, Do you think that modern society uh, fosters uh, success?
0: Yes, in some ways. Um, in in many ways, it compels. Uh, the aspiration for success. And I don't want people to think that we don't uh, uh, like the idea of success. I think what we're trying to say is that there are different standards, different values that can be pinned upon success, different points of view. And what we're trying to say is that the, the ordinary material success that so absorbs modern society may not give the fulfillment, and certainly doesn't offer the spiritual growth uh, that a more uh, simple lifestyle, a more uh, sacrificial approach to um, wealth and so on, do offer. And this is what we're trying to to emphasize I think there's, there's the personality view of, of success which modern society really encourages to g- grab more for oneself the, you know, the old Budweiser commercial mm. you only go around once grab all the gusto well that's the, mm. uh, that's the approach to success today for a lot of people and as Dale said living through that you find how empty it is but there's another kind of success which is the growth of the soul And in some ways, materialistic society seems oddly enough to highlight the discordance, and in that sense it might actually be a productive thing. Our values are becoming so polarized in terms of material and spiritual values that we can clearly see the difference if we choose to look.
2: Yes, uh, you asked if the modern society fosters success, and... I think that um, in in the case of sports, of course it does, uh, uh, particularly competitive sports and professional sports, uh, there's a tremendous drive for us to succeed in whatever the sport is, whether it's in football or basketball or baseball or or in the Olympic um, sports. Um, there's a great urge to strive to, to um to win, and I think winning is related also to this whole uh, mania of success that um uh, this such as I said earlier, there's such a glamour that's um, come grown up around the whole idea of winning and sports and um it isn't in my estimation it isn't so much uh, the success factor as it is doing what you do, but doing it as best as you can. And uh, I, I take the example of uh, Tiger Woods. Well, he he succeeds very well in what he does, and he does it very well. He doesn't always win every game, but that doesn't mean he's not a success. I think he is very m- much a success in his life because um, he does what he does very well, and I think it's, it's striving in that capacity to do what you do very well uh, that is more important than whether you really succeed or not because in the long run that's what will uh, count as far as the soul goes. So,
0: There's also the uh, another way of looking at it that to the soul success probably means um, forward movement and so much of our material is to maintain the status quo, to keep what we have, uh, to not rock the boat so much that our life becomes uh, one of crisis. The, the, the materialistic outer self can be really uh, fixated on maintaining a kind of equilibrium for itself, whereas the soul rejoices in crisis. The soul uh, seeks growth Forward movement in consciousness. The soul can view tests and difficulties and uh, crises as wonderful learning tools. So, from that sto- uh, standpoint, uh, the the uh, important thing is to to grow, to move forward, and to not just remain in kind of a static position. And for every Every human being, there is some forward movement that they can probably identify in their lives, some area in which they would like to grow. That could be said to be achieving success.
1: For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic today, what is success? And if you'd like to explore the uh, idea of success further... And go into the uh, spiritual side of success, which might be more satisfying to you in so many different ways, in the materialistic uh, meaning of success. Then you might want to look at one of our books. Uh, Esoteric uh, Psychology is the title of the book. It's one of 24 volumes of books that were written by Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of Lucis Trust. Lucis Trust sponsors this show, Inner Sight. So if you'd like to order that book, you can certainly order it uh, directly from us. And to do so, you would call us on our toll-free number, one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. 695 8247 And once again, that's one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. 695 8247 and many people who listen to our show, Inner Sight, uh, ask about who we are. Are we a religion? And uh, some of the simple answers uh, that might be important to you now are, no, we're not a religion. We're a, uh, a philosophy organization. We like to explore life, look at the meaning of life, and try to make sense as to who we are and what our relationship is to the world and to the universe. And if you'd like to do that with with us, you're certainly welcome to find out more about us. You could order a... General package of information from us, if you'd like to uh, uh, explore our organization further, and you would call us uh, uh, once again on the uh, toll-free number for that general package of information: one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. An easy way to remember that number: one eight six six N Y Lucis L U C I S. Think of one eight six six New York Lucis, and you can order that general package of information, or you can. Uh, purchase the book, Esoteric Psychology, that will take you into deeper meanings of success that might be more satisfying for you. We have 24 volumes of books uh, by Alice Bailey, and if you'd like to order all 24 volumes, you would be able to get a 10% discount if you order directly from the Lucis Trust organization. Of course, you can purchase them at Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, Borders, but uh, it would be less expensive if you order directly uh, from us, and also remember that if you like uh, uh, a philosophy show, which is what we what we are, and if it's unique to radio, as many fi- people find it to be, and they enjoy it, if you'd like to uh, keep us on the air on WOR, then you have to remember that this show is funded by the generous donations of our listeners, and we need and welcome your support, so uh, keep that in mind. Uh, I know that so many of you want to keep us on the air. Uh, Just to return to what we were talking about before, once again, we're uh, scratching the surface of what true success might be. Uh, Do the achievements of great spiritual beings, do they have any relevance for the rest of us?
0: Well, they do. If you think about the life of someone like Jesus or the Buddha, you can see... uh, Uh, certain indications of um, how success is achieved. What I mean is that, as far as I know, uh, Jesus, uh, from the age of about 12 until he was about 30, Uh, spent uh, a lot of time studying. He uh, traveled in the East and studied with other teachers, apparently according to some of the more esoteric traditions of Christianity. He did his preparatory work before he began his teaching, which lasted, I think, only about three years. Mm -hmm. And the Buddha, he's a splendid example of uh, the old uh, saying, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, in terms of spiritual enlightenment, he tried every kind of path. He he tried the wandering mendicant path. He tried the self-flagellation path, the begging bowl, um, mortification of the flesh, study with the great teachers. He tried them all, and he found that uh, they didn't bring him to the Enlightenment he sought. And finally, after years of this, in frustration, he decided to sit under the Bodhi tree, which is still um, apparently growing in India, uh, and wait until he would uh, reach his Enlightenment. He demanded it. And the legend says he sat under this tree for 40 days and nights before he made his breakthrough, and he became illumined. Well, even if this is a parable, it shows you that, as Benjamin Disraeli said, uh, the secret of success is constancy in purpose. It doesn't come easily even to the great ones, but they remain constant to their goal.
2: Yes, that's, um, that reminds me that it's uh, similar in the Bailey books that uh, where she mentions about the power to succeed is dependent on a singleness of purpose, and uh, that's that's one of the uh, requirements. A singleness of purpose.
0: What do you mean by that?
2: Well, uh, um, one pointedness in what you're doing, essentially. It's uh, and, and in few, if you think about the great people who do have succeeded, their lives have been very much uh, one pointed. They've. Um, Come into a life to do a specific thing, and they've spent their whole life doing it, and they've done it very well, and th- so there has been a a um, singleness of purpose, and it it reminds me of that uh, quote in the Bible: "If thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light." Mm-hmm. And uh, it is that singleness of intention which maintains a point of tension. And as long as there is a point of tension, this is spiritual tension, uh, not physical anxiety Mm -hmm. tension, but kind of spiritual tension in the mind, With the mind held steady and focused on what you're doing, then you will succeed eventually, even though there may be periods of failure or setbacks, you just keep going. And that's, I think, what uh, Disraeli meant, actually, too.
0: Coming back to your um, mention of um, Tiger Woods, I read recently that he practices his golfing strokes on a daily basis for hours at a time. As great as he is, he gets out there every day and practices. And Yo-Yo Ma, the great cellist, practices constantly. His father taught him as a boy to every day play Bach, because that's a one of the supreme exercises to develop talent. Those are examples too of um, c- constancy of purpose, uh, repeated practice of the technique, and not just expecting it all to fall in one's lap. Talent is certainly there in Tiger Woods or Yo-Yo Ma, but great effort also and persistence.
2: Yeah, there was a, there's another example, a very good example of that, in Thomas Edison. Mm. And uh, oh, yeah. with the invention of the light bulb, how many times did he go through the trial of the mm-hmm. uh, the light bulb before? I he don't
0: know how many times. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe thousands, thousands of times. <laughs> really? I think they would they were yeah. trying
2: different kinds of filaments in this bulb to get one that would not burn out and stay on for a while. <laughs> and uh, so I mean they just kept at it. I mean he had this laboratory, he had this mm-hmm. people all working for him, but that's. What they did, they just stayed there until they found the right, uh, the right kind of filament that worked. And I think
0: it's true of Alexander Graham mm-hmm. Bell's experiment too with the telephone that it was mm-hmm. years of effort and yeah. failure <laughs> prior to the breakthrough. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 yeah.
0: These um, these examples of persistence and constancy and faithfulness to the goal are maybe not that exciting and thrilling to the impatient personality. But they are surely uh, uh, a demonstration that success is never handled, handed to us so easily. It's something worth working for.
2: Yeah, and there's it. You see, in this one pointedness of effort, what it does also is it invokes the will, the power mm-hmm. of the will, the spiritual will. And this is not the same as the personality will that's going to hammer through and get through no matter what. But. Uh, it's it's the strength of will that comes from within, and I think that's what the singleness of purpose also invokes.
0: Coming back to that question of whether modern society fosters success, I think this is an area, the will, that is not really understood or cultivated today, particularly in the way we raise our children. And I suppose I'm going out on a limb here, but I have a real disagreement with this um, practice of uh, putting tiny kindergartners through graduation ceremonies, little grade schoolers through graduation ceremonies. Uh, By the time they actually do graduate high school, they've put on that cap and gown numerous times. Mm -hmm. I think it uh, denigrates and trivializes real achievement to uh, reward children too early for too little that's been done I know they mean well the teachers and parents that are doing this and they want to instill a sense of confidence and of achievement and that's good but at the same time I think we all need to develop a capacity for the long haul in life the capacity to not want everything right now and if you look at Our technological age, we aren't uh, willing to wait for anything anymore. It all has to be instantaneously granted to us. The Internet means we have to communicate immediately. Um, The computer has to come on immediately. Television has to be responsive. The radio, we don't want to wait for anything. And this works against the, the, the tenacity and the patience and the will that are needed for success.
2: Is that all adding to the glamour of success? That if we don't get it instantly, well, go on
0: to something else.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's uh, really uh, denigrating the whole idea of success in a way. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, sometimes by imagining the end of our life, we can sometimes determine what really should be important to us. Uh, I don't think there's anybody out there who will reach the end of his life and say, "Well, I wish I had spent another day in the office," or <laughs> Uh, a person who's competent at uh, whatever business that she's into, uh, saying, well, I spent a lot of time in the office, I completed all my tasks, but hey, she died anyway. So if we are really questioning the traditional uh, American value of what success is. What What do you think, as spiritual people, as I think both of you are, what do you think is a successful life?
0: I think a successful life is a life in which you've grown, you have moved from point A to at least point B. Mm-hmm. If you can look back and say, well, I made my way through this problem or that hurdle and I moved beyond it. Something that used to trouble me or provide a major test is no longer uh, disturbing to me. Often I think we can identify what makes a successful life by looking at what areas of our life cause us the most struggle because those areas are probably where our soul is trying to to grow and to expand its, uh, its capacity, its expertise. Instead of looking for the things that are easiest and smoothest, maybe we should try to identify the areas of our life where we have our struggle. That might be where we're ready to make a breakthrough if we can summon up some will. I'm talking about something like perhaps overcoming fear or um, Mm -hmm. uh, gaining a sense of uh, confidence in relationship to others, or learning to handle authority more skillfully. All of these are aspects where there might be a lot of conflict, but if we move beyond the conflict and uh, gain a little bit uh, more capacity, we can see that's success.
2: Yeah, I don't think we need to look at success as being something big and flashy mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. making millions of dollars or being a big star in the sports field or in the theater or whatever. But because there are little examples of success that go on daily, you know, all over the world with people. And I'm reminded of a, something I heard about just the other day of a um, a lady wrote in and said about talking about her niece. Who had been brought up and raised up by her, her grandmother, and um, one day this niece made the comment that um, that she had been given her tools to successfully get through the difficult time in life by her by her grandmother, and she was very appreciative of that, and that was a wonderful comment on uh, commentary on on the um, grandmother's success of bringing up this child because she apparently gave this child the right tools so that the child could get through her teenage years successfully. And, I mean, that's just a small example of success, but it's those little things, too, that I think we should pick up on.
0: Raising a child properly, what could be a more successful life than bringing children into society that are going to make... Uh, the world a better place. Mm -hmm. That's a tremendous achievement, being, um, if you're a teacher, teaching children uh, and helping them to become better citizens. What could be more wonderful? It's not the constant craving for material achievement that our soul is going to evaluate its success by, but how how much it achieved in, in terms of right human relations. I think that really is what it all boils down to. And that touches on areas like the capacity for humility, for sacrifice perhaps. Um, in terms of the spiritual path, renunciation, the ability to set aside self-interest, to um, to put other needs before your own. Sometimes that's a... The, the sign of success to the soul. So all of these outer achievements that we're so focused on, they really aren't what the soul is interested in.
1: Sounds like the soul is much more interested in uh, becoming the type of uh, individual that God wants us to be. Right, exactly. Uh, which is a very different measure of success. Yeah. Um, do you have any final thoughts on success? Uh,
0: well, only that I think we should learn to view failure as just a prelude to success, mm-hmm. that sometimes the failures we experience are the very things that teach us what we need uh, in terms of skill and wisdom mm-hmm. and experience and lead to success, mm-hmm. so don't be overwhelmed by them.
1: Mm-hmm. Good thought. That's about all the time we have for our discussion today. You've been listening to Inner Sight, and now we would like to close with a world prayer called... The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words.
0: From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds.